Hey, Dog Pound Nation. Someone was going to kill us. Who was it? Oh, you're talking about Von Miller? Yeah, what happened? Oh, he done died. Hell yeah, let's go, Dog Pound. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Dogs. If you'd like to get your intro on the show, head to thedogspodcast.com, tap leave voicemail on the drop-down menu. Another huge shout-out to Kenny Mack and friends from the Ottawa Browns backer for that awesome intro. Von Miller did nothing against us, so good job, Blake Hance. Uh, <laughs> the Browns gutted out a tough win on Thursday night against the Broncos, but before we get into that, I want to remind you all to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Make sure to tap the notification bell so you never miss a new episode. If you prefer to just listen to your podcast, you can also find us on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Lastly, if you're itching for some more content, become an official Dog Pack member at jointhedogs.com. Check out our Patreon page. Uh, We have fantasy football leagues on there. We have game day threads. We have um, early access to the episodes, an extra episode every week. Um, The Patreon is basically an online Browns backers club. That's what I was kind of thinking about. Yeah, it kind of is. It's, You're it's, right. It's all across the country. Um, I got to give a huge shout out to Katie from the Patreon. She just flew into Cleveland uh, Thursday night to go to the Browns game from San Diego. Uh, she had a couple extra tickets. So myself and John, another Patreon member, got to meet her up in Cleveland, met her whole family, basically. <laughs> uh, it was an awesome night. The, the stadium was rocking. The Browns got a big win. Um, it was cool to just meet another Browns fan from all the way across the country. That's kind of like what the Patreon and this uh, this show's doing. It's just bringing Browns fans together from all over the country. So it's been really awesome. So big shout-out to Katie. That was, uh, that was really awesome for taking me to the game. Yeah, and then uh, whenever I was watching like the pregame, on TV, I, I, like when the stadium went dark and they had all the, the you know, the fire, the pyrometrics, and then all the, the fireworks and everything. How was that? It was awesome. It looked Dude, pretty cool. I didn't have a voice by midway first quarter. <laughs> if you guys can't tell, I'm still on the mend. Um, oh, yeah. If you hear the little clicking into the microphone tonight, it's because Blake's just smashing around some uh, cough, cough drops, drops in there. So I got clicking <laughs> on my teeth. I got a lot of extra saliva, so it's hard to talk enough. <laughs> it's been a rough, like, seven days. Uh, I was COVID negative, though, so it's Ooh. just you know, a run-of-the-mill cold for all you guys who are probably concerned about me. Uh, but it's just taking a long time to get over. Um so yeah, check out the Patreon, jointhedogs.com, come hang out with us, it's a ton of fun. The extra episodes are super fun every week, uh, they're more laid back, more adult, just all around better. Um, we also have a special announcement, this Friday we're going to have Barry Shuck from Dogs by Nature uh, in studio. I know a lot of you guys, we've, hear, we've heard his voice many times, he's been yep. great for the show, but he's actually going to be in Ohio, he's going to come to the studio, we're going to go live on YouTube Friday night, what time? I think we're planning on 6.30, Okay, um, it'll be somewhere around 6, 6.30 that time, Friday night. So Barry's going to be in here, he's going to tell us basically what he thinks we need to do to beat the Steelers on Sunday, also we're going to go live, so if you guys have questions, you guys can comment into the show barry will answer your questions live so make sure you guys tune in friday night 6 6 30 uh you know hear what barry has to say we're really pumped to have him in studio dogs off the leash so it's game thursday night 
I'm a little partial to because, like I said, I was there. <laughs> and uh, for anybody who hasn't been to a Browns game in a while, you got to go. The atmosphere, it's unlike – I've been to Ohio State games. I've been to Cavs playoff games. A Thursday night Browns game in the regular season when, against a 3-3 three and three team was one of the craziest atmospheres I've been in in a long time. It's So go to a Browns game if you get a chance. Uh, what went right – I think just the fact that we pulled out a win when we were essentially rolling out a practice squad on one side of the ball was kind of big. Yep. I was, you know, going into it. I don't want to say I, I didn't think we could win, but at the same time, you know, you're looking at these teams and you're saying, okay, we're putting guys out there that, that we would start in the preseason matchup and they're going against the Bronco starters. So, I mean, I think the disadvantage was definitely uh, apparent going into the game. But, man, I'll tell you what, during the game, couldn't really tell. No, it, the talk about setting the tone, that first drive. And I love amazing. that Stefanski took the ball yeah. um, to set the tone, let them know, like, you know, we're going to come out. We're setting the tone for this game. We're at home. It's Thursday night, primetime, mm-hmm. national TV. And what was it, five plays, 75 yards, and we just marched right down the field on them. That was, yeah. that was awesome. It was, it was, yeah, it was impressive. Um, what were you going to say, Zach? Oh, I was just going to say that, I mean, there was no better way to start the game off than what transpired on that first drive because we're sitting here now and we're like, oh, man, we really love that. <laughs> but what would we be saying? We're like, oh, we took the ball and went three and out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, credit Stefanski. I think Case Keenum, Browns haven't had it in a while where Case Keenum's, where we've had a backup that's like Case Keenum where – He's a proven guy in the NFL that's a veteran. He's started, you know, a bunch of games in his career. He's not an undrafted rookie or second-year player that we're throwing out there to be quarterback for us. Uh, in years past, our starter was Keenum and our backup was me. So, <laughs> you know, now we have Baker as a starter and Keenum's still a serviceable quarterback. Honestly, there's teams in this league that would probably be playing him right now. Um, because they don't have many better options. Uh, yeah, I just saw the Jets traded for Joe Flacco with the Eagles. So, um, I think the Jets would probably like to have Case Keenum. There you go. So you're right. You're, you're definitely right about that. I think, uh, you know, before we move on one thing that's funny. So I started following the Denver Broncos on Facebook years ago when they had Peyton. Cause I like Peyton. So, and I just never unfollowed him. So they still, I still get their posts and stuff on my feed. Sometimes after that game, they posted like, you know, not our night or something like that. Jump in the comments with all the Browns fe- or uh, Broncos fans. You, it's like this, it's what we would be saying if we would have lost that game, the sky was falling. Oh, yeah. They want everybody fired. <laughs> Nobody's safe in Denver right now. The fans are out for blood. And I was just sitting there reading all those comments thinking, man, I'm glad that wasn't us. If there was ever a game that felt like a must win in the middle of the season, in the first half of the season, it, it, it felt like that. To go, if we would have dropped to below 500. Yeah, especially in our division this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, but I felt like the season was definitely kind of hinging at that moment on that game. You know, which way were you going to go from here? Because this is going to set the, right. the tone. And we had, and we luckily we had everybody healthy that have to get this clutch win with. Man, I mean, it was just uh, the different level of players. You know, whether it was a line, the quarterback play, the running back play, we'll get into with the Ernest Johnson. I mean, everybody took that big step up in this game, and you know that just shows you that even those guys that are second or third or 
heck, fourth string type guys. They're professionals for a reason. Yeah, you're right. I'll tell you what was big was getting Jedrick Wells back. Big, and he played yes. and he played much better than he had before he took the couple weeks off with the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good. And I think we've gone long enough now. We have to talk about Dearness Johnson. Dearness Johnson. Yeah, Dearness Johnson or whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite sound clip. Yes. Dearness Johnson probably just earned. I mean, I would almost be shocked if he's on the Browns next year just because. Somebody's um, got to get a chance. He's either going to be on the Browns or hot take like Kareem Hunt won't be. Yeah. So that's the, you know, the discussion that you know, the Browns as a team might have to have, especially, you know, we've talked about it, you know, before the season started, eventually the money's going to become an issue where you're going to have to decide we can't keep everybody. So how could we keep the main guys we want? Somebody like a Kareem Hunt might get released or they might try to trade him for draft picks or something just because they like it, what Johnson gives them, you know, because he's more of a, that scat back uh, really explosive, quick, you know, can catch balls out of the backfield type of a guy. So, be interesting. He had 22 carries, 146 yards, and a touchdown. His first 100-yard game and his first touchdown and his first ever NFL start on Thursday Night Football in primetime. That's not a bad way to get uh, your NFL career started. And, you know, he shined last year in Dallas in that game. I think he had 10 rushes for 70-something yards in that game. And, and I, I'm not saying that Dearness Johnson – is better than Kareem Hunt. Not even close. Right. What I'm saying is our offensive line is so good, and Dearness Johnson is plenty good enough that it makes Kareem Hunt expendable, kind of. Now, I don't want to see Kareem Hunt go because yeah. I, I freaking love the guy. But <laughs> Right. So I'm glad I'm not the GM to kind of have to try to balance and make these tough decisions. Yeah, the thing with Dearness Johnson in, in, in that game was every run – he was getting extra yardage. It, it, it was, you know, he'd get hit and then there'd be an extra yard or two or maybe three or four. And, and it was like, yeah, the line's doing a really good job, you know, opening up holes and, and setting him up for success. But he was making, he was making stuff out of nothing at times. And it just seemed like every single time he had the ball, there were extra yards coming our way. He yeah. made some crazy good cuts. He put Patrick Sertain on skates that one time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he came around the edge and just gave him a little shoulder dip and then kind of jump cut to the right. And he, that dude didn't so, see a chance. So like Kareem, I, and you can say that, you know, Kareem Hunt and him would be a different style running back. I kind of compare Johnson to what like a Tony Pollard would give the Browns as like the Dallas, you know, the Zeke is like the Nick Chubb, the power running back between the tackles, you know, majority of the time. And then Pollard's the speedster because Johnson showed, some quickness. I mean, he'd see a hole and he was through there and, you know, before yep. it could even have a chance to close up or a linebacker could get there. And what was crazy is the announcer saying about his 40 time in college. He ran like a four nine. There's linemen that ran faster than him. I, I saw, I, I didn't, I never knew anything about his pro day or anything like that, but they said, um, I think on ESPN or something when I was watching another game that his pro day is kind of why, yeah, why he, he fell off and never, yeah. didn't get drafted and stuff like that because he just performed so badly. And it's just another example. Sometimes the 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 combine and the pro day they put too much stock in that. Who cares how you look in shorts and a t shirt? It's what you do when you strap a helmet on. You're between the tackles in a game. Yeah, and Dearness Johnson every time he's been on the field for the Browns, and it doesn't matter what position. 
right. running kick back, return. kick return. It doesn't matter. He perf- he performs at a high level every I th- time. I think that's something we need to mention too. Is last year we did our uh, end of season uh, Mad Dog Awards, and Dearness Johnson won the uh, Dog Pound Dog Award. Award. Yeah, and he's probably going to win it again this year. <laughs> <laughs> if I he might win guess. another category. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, when he was in college, he was a really good running back. He, I mean, he put up, like, all kinds of the records for running back at uh, South Florida when he was in college. So, yeah, like the pro day, you know, they mentioned that about, like, his 40 time. He didn't look like no 4, 9, 8, 40 guy no. on Thursday night, you know. So there's going to be teams, you know, I'm not really sure what his contract, stuff like that looks like. We're a long way off from having to have those discussions, but if I'm a team out there, I'd be interested after what I saw and knowing that, hey, he's the number three guy in Cleveland. Are you kidding me? And give credit to our running backs coach because Stump Mitchell, Stump Mitchell great beard, <laughs> great yes. beard. He's yes. got he's got something you know going there. Him he was, and Callahan for the line. Yeah, I mean the Browns who they brought in with Stefanski. I mean credit to the organization for bringing. So I'm going to say. There's been, in my opinion, some Stefanski slander like the last couple of weeks. That's insane to me. That is absolutely insane to me that the guy just won coach of the year and he is considered probably one of the youngest, like more brilliant play callers in the league. Yeah, you go top five. I'd say he's top five. And he put together a staff with the exception of one person that is <laughs> who could that one person yeah, be <laughs> who is in it, Callahan is regarded as maybe the, probably the best offensive line coach in the league. If not ever stump Mitchell is a great running back running backs coach. I mean, we got to stop with this to fancy slander. It's crazy to me. It is. It is crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, some more things that went right here. Offensively, we completely dominated this game except for the scoreboard. Um, we had more first downs. We had more total plays. We outgained them 376 to 223. We averaged a yard more per play. We had uh, we dominated the time of possession 36 minutes to 23 minutes. It was literally we took them behind the woodshed and, and whooped them but we just couldn't score more points. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what I've been saying, you know, over the weekend was, you know, the, the game was close on the scoreboard at the end, you know, it was only a three point win, but I just, it was, it was different than the previous weeks. Cause I never felt watching that game that we were not in control. No, we were in control from the start to the end. They scored late um, to make it close. Uh, but it just never felt like, man, we might lose this game. It, it just from the start to the finish, I always had the feeling, oh, we're good. We got this. We went nine of 15 on third down, one on one on fourth. So if you combine those, we were 10 of 16. Yeah. I mean, that's what wins you football games. Yes. Right there. In, year, in the, the last few weeks, we've been like, oh, we were four of 15 on third down. We got five <laughs> extra, you know, drives on the field that game, um, which we'll get into how they did on third down. That's still a problem for us. Uh, so I guess we should talk about, uh, at least touch on this a little bit. What did you guys think about the offense as a whole with Keenum as compared to Baker? I mean, I don't, Keenum's numbers didn't wow you, you know, about what he did. He was the game manager type QB that this offensive system really only needs. You know, they don't need the guy to go out there throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns. We don't need that guy. It'd be nice to know we have that option. Um, so he was, I think 
I think Baker overall between the Baker's the more talented quarterback. No, so he was twenty one to thirty three, one hundred ninety nine yards and a touchdown. That's a very Baker line, right? I know that was your argument. That was yeah. my and my argue, Another argument I had was if Keenum would have wore Baker's jersey out there, would anybody have known the difference? Yeah, because Baker probably would have been running up and down the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, no, and, and, and here's my my argument is Baker's better than Case Keenum. He has a stronger arm. My problem is, is the gap between Baker and Keenum I don't think is huge. I think it might not be as big as what we were hoping it would be. Correct. Especially seven games into this second Stefanski season for Baker. But Baker's more athletic and he has a stronger arm. But I also think Case Keenum's better at reading defenses. Yeah, and yeah, I, but that also can come with a little bit. I mean, Keenum's been in the league now. I don't know how many years he's Baker's played plenty of games. He he's has played fifty. Something plus I will say about Case Keenum the other night, though, um, I got the impression, and this is nothing against Case at all, but I got the impression he was a little rusty because he hasn't started a game in oh, he does two years. He's definitely lost the there, pop in yeah. his arm. So there was a couple of times where I thought, ooh, I'm you know, Case Keenum a couple years ago makes a play right here, and I'm thinking. It might have to do with just the fact that he hasn't had the reps. You know what I mean? Like, well, I don't yeah. feel like he can't do it anymore. I just felt like, oh, okay, there's a little rust Not there. Which you, you have to expect that. Wait, did anybody, I mean, maybe it's just me. I thought he looked, he just looks maybe a little out of shape too. Like he's not as like then his Minnesota days or something like, because the one ball that he had to Beckham up the sideline, Beckham was wide open. I mean, I don't know if like you could see it in person with being at the game. I don't know Early what side. In the game? Yeah, he where was, he had he, he had, had two people on him. Oh, he was open though. He was open that if you put the ball with any zip on it, like a guy that had Aaron Rodgers, those type of guys that have that zip, they make that throw. Cuz he was and you'd have to obviously throw it as he's making that cut, but it's like the ball I mean, he didn't even get it there. Odell like ran it, the ball landed 5 yards short and hit like the defender in the back or something. No, maybe it's not the I'm thinking about the one where it landed out of bounds. He threw it out of bounds. No, I'm thinking one no, where it was just short. Um, but no, obviously, I think Baker is a better talent than Case Keenum. I just think... You're worried of you didn't notice a huge difference. Correct. You're not as worried about like, oh, we got to start Case Keenum, so we're not going to you know, have Baker behind the home. You're kind of like, well... Doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. Doesn't like, matter. So the thing is, though, there were you know plenty of games last season, second half of the season where Baker was well above an average quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? That he went out there and he'd throw for 300-plus, 350, multiple and touchdowns, no picks. I mean, that second half of 2020, we we thought, there he is. There's the guy. There's that franchise quarterback. Right. We drafted number one overall, and we're set. We're good to go. Yeah, it sucks that he's dealing with the injury stuff yeah, right does. now because – I mean, he can say, you know, all that he's fine and it's not hindering anything and all that bull crap, you know, that he's wanting to put out there to be a tough guy and want to be there for his team. It just really sucks for us as, you know, the fans of how much is it? Are, Baker, are you really only playing at 50%? People are saying, oh, it just shouldn't matter. Other people are like, oh, have you ever tried to throw a football when your other shoulders like falling off? So I don't know. My it's, problem is, is his eyes aren't hurt. Right, but if he can't make physically make the throw, it doesn't and matter he, if his he, eyes. He, it's like maybe how many he times, knows physically I can't make that throw. How many That's times have we seen him double clutch this year? He double clutching in the pocket so what, many times. And what, but what Zach just said, I, 
how much of that is the fact that he goes to throw and he's and then he feels it and thinks I can't make that throw and then he clutches. Well, then he shouldn't be out there. That, well, and that right. exactly. Uh, and, yeah, I'm not arguing. And that's that. another if, thing, though. That's part of who he is. That's another thing we're evaluating. But would you rather him be that guy? See, and then you're like, would you rather him be that guy? Because no. I read a text of what you called Taylor Heineke this <laughs> weekend. So would you rather him be that guy? I would rather my quarterback want to put the team in the best situation to win. And if he knows that's not him, then he knows he needs to sit down. But there's something to it, too, that Stefanski keeps playing him. Yeah. Like, might- even though, like, because Stefanski sees him every day. So he should know him almost better than anybody now of like, oh, yeah, he's healthy. Oh, no, Baker can't make that throw. And maybe that's why the play calling gets a little more vanilla because he knows in his head Baker can't hit that 25-yard shot, you know, up the seam. It could be, and that's that's another good point. I mean, if that that bone's been fractured for weeks, for a month, why are we just now, like, addressing it? You know what I mean? Like, This is kind of getting off topic. Um, I was listening to some Cleveland Browns radio, and there's rumblings around the team – that management doesn't totally love Baker off the field right now. Did they say why? Because, well, one, it's kind of like he had a press conference with Cleveland media, and they asked him, you know, if anything else was hurt in the shoulder, and he said no. And then, like, an hour later, he texted Jay Glazer Glazer. to tell him about the broken shoulder when he just straight-up lied to the Cleveland media about it. So there's that, and then they're like – He's not playing well, and he's still in every commercial, which it's it's just an optics thing. If you're the quarterback of a team and you're not playing well, you can't keep being in every commercial. And I know they film those <laughs> yeah, in the offseason and stuff, but it's optics. In your division, you got Joe Burrow tearing up. You have Lamar tearing up. Are they in any commercials? Well, and no, they're, play- they're not as pretty as Baker. And they're playing well, you know, and they're playing well. And then you got our guy who's literally in every single national media commercial and he's 26th in the league in QBR. And it's like, well, maybe he should have been practicing. And I, I don't necessarily think that, but that's, it's optics. It's about when you're the face of the franchise, it's, it's how you're perceived. No, I totally understand. I'm not going to hold commercials against Baker because like you said, they're filmed in the off season. It's not like he's skipping practice to go film a commercial. Like this is all scheduled stuff. It's, you're, but but I see what you're saying about the optics. Yeah, because you, you're watching a game. Like Thursday night great, is a great example. I'm sitting in my chair, watching the game on the big screen, watching Case Keenum out there, and then all of a sudden, it, oh, this 30-second break uh, by Progressive, and it's Baker Mayfield. I'm like, well, that kind of sucks right? because he's not playing. But you can't control that. Yeah, it's just... He can. He could say no. Not before the season. He's not He's not saying, no, I think I'm getting hurt this year. No, but he could well, say, well, maybe no, he, this is a big year for me. I think I'm going to 100% focus on football. Well, well, maybe he the, knew he needed the money that he wasn't going to be thing, getting. The deal. thing is, though, <laughs> yes. that progress, who knows if that progressive contract was a four-year contract when he signed it two years ago. Yeah, you know, I it's, think... It's not as simple as just saying, no, I'm going to focus on football. I don't think. I mean, I. it's going to be so hard as Browns fans to talk Baker and, like, I feel like truly get a like a clear evaluation because I think he's going to be hindered all season long. I don't think this is something where it's going to be like we might get 80% Baker and that's the best we get for the rest of the year. Well, here's the thing too, though, is every week Keenum goes out and plays basically the same as him and we win, Baker's value plummets. Yeah, I mean, I am, where's your value? Where's your guys' value on Baker right now? I'd franchise tag him. Franchise tag? 
Yeah, I, I'm probably leaning that way too. Yeah, I mean, right now, if you had to give him money, I would say he's probably in that mid-30s to like 37, 38. I think range. that's incredibly high. I think anything I don't over, think that that's high, though. Like, I think anything over like the low 30s is grossly overpaying right now. I don't know if it's... Uh, you see, but Depends you can't on how think, long it is, too. Right, well, you can't think about the, the money now because in three or two years from now quarterbacks are going to make 55 million and we're going to have Baker for 38 on our, you know, that's why it's so hard with the money. Like, and we see it year after year after year is like, Oh, this guy got more money and you know, he's making more than Russell Wilson. Well, Russell Wilson can't help the fact that his contract year was up three years ago when the bargaining agreement was way lower. I'll say this and I don't agree with like cowherd on a ton of stuff, but he said, if you pay Baker 35 plus and it means you can't re-sign one of your offensive linemen, you screwed up. Well, yeah, I mean. And that's the way I look at it. If we give Baker X amount of dollars, so then we have to let Wyatt Teller walk, that's a huge mistake. Because yeah. in, so far in Baker's career with the Browns, what has been more noticeable? When Baker doesn't play or when Jack Conklin doesn't play? Yeah, I mean. So to I, me, I, I can't really argue. Yeah, with I you can't here. argue with you there. My only argument is, I don't know who's that next guy. I don't know if no, I me mean either. Case Keenum might look good in one week against the Broncos, who I think we well, can agree are so, a very good football team. No, correct. I've, correct. I've got a couple of things about Baker that I read today. We'll we'll save it for the after hours. I think we can do a, a deeper dive into yeah. So make sure the you quarterback guys, uh, situation subscribe. in the after hours. So yeah, go subscribe to Patreon. Um, but as far as moving forward this season if baker you know if he's not at 100 or if he does have to go get that surgery and they say you know what he's done for the year i think that this team can still it's gonna not be easy but i think we can hey. definitely make a playoff run with case keenum and the thing is nick mullins is the backup and we've seen nick mullins play decently well in the kyle shanahan system out in uh, san francisco here's okay so before we move on real quick if baker doesn't come back and we still go to the playoffs what does that say about Baker? For me, it, well, and this is just me in week seven looking ahead. If we make the playoffs without Baker the rest of the season, it means that our running backs had a freaking monster year. Yeah. All uh, of them. Yeah, and I think that it definitely means Baker's probably getting franchise tagged if they can't sign somebody else. Correct. Yeah. Correct. You know, but it, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting. I hope Baker can somehow get back healthy i mean me too because i want a fair evaluation of them yeah i want a fair evaluation and i think baker at 80 percent is probably still better than case keenum at this age and stage of his career oh yeah he's a physically better talent yeah. i just mentally baker worries me hey if the playoffs were today if this was the end of the season we'd be in i know I know It'd everything's still there. So, everything's I mean, and we're we're gonna keep getting. We play healthier. Cincy twice. We still play the Ravens twice. We play the Steelers twice. Once coming up here next week. So I mean, it's everything. It's all right there. there for us. Now there's something though, like as far as what went right against the Broncos, I just want to talk for a minute about Jarvis Landry. Oh gosh, how nice it was to have uh, him back. I mean, what a difference! You know, it's super what, what was it like in the stadium? Whenever I mean. Because I'll tell you what, just watching at home Jeez. by myself on a Thursday night, I was like, my dogs couldn't even sit with me because 
Every time they throw him the ball, he's making a play. The and, and then just his excitement afterwards. It's like, this is this is our alpha dog. So here, here I'm not going to argue with you about him being like the lifeblood of the offense and probably the number one. Definitely that being said, <laughs> we're talking about how awesome he was. He had 37 yards receiving. Right. <laughs> and but, he, he out, averaged, out of 199. He averaged 7.4 yards per catch. Yes, that's, that's Jarvis's Jarvis. game. That is very Jarvis. So, I mean, my argument has always been if you're taking in Jarvis, Higgins, and DPJ into the playoffs, you're not – that's not good enough. No, it's definitely not good enough. But what I'm saying, though, is there was a noticeable difference having Jarvis on the field versus not the past few weeks. Correct. He – the At stadium, least you knew there they was, announced him. There was somebody you could throw the ball to, and he was probably going to catch it. When the when the, they announced him at the beginning, of the stadium oh, I bet. went nuts. Went nuts. He, so he's definitely he's maybe the single most important person on our offense, uh, at least like leadership wise. Yeah. Well, okay. So think about what Jarvis's impact on the game would be each week if we had somebody like. What about somebody like Allen Robinson on the outside? Or on the other side, who, uh, you know, he's not very happy where he's at now. Imagine him freeing things up for Jarvis to be even more, you know, dominant in there. It, it would be yeah. awesome. Uh, I, another bright spot I like seeing on Thursday that we haven't really seen this all season long is we actually ran the ball with a fullback. Yeah. And then Johnny Stanton yeah, played yes. really well. Caught a touchdown. I, yes, yeah, he did. I mean, he, had a, he, only, he played 11 snaps. But for a fullback, 11 snaps, that's pretty good work when you look at last week and our fullback played two snaps against the Cardinals. Now, obviously, different game, different. We were down big. Right. But him being on the field, I mean, he was, I mean, there were some blocks and highlights and stuff of like Dearness Johnson's runs, and it's just, he was mauling linebackers. So, I mean, maybe going forward, that's a wrinkle in the offense that we didn't know we had. And now, since we've had some injuries, we see, hey, Save this play when, you know, Chubb's back healthy. I agree. So I think one more thing we should touch on what went right. Normally the defense is squarely in the what went wrong section. (laughs) I think as a whole this week, though, the defense played really well. There was a shutout in the first half. Held them um, to 76 yards. Held them to 76 yards in the first half. Only gave up 14 points for the game, which is good. And... They pretty much dominated the game, and they they allowed us to get ahead and kind of take all the momentum away from the Broncos in that first half. Um, So we do have to. I think you got to give credit to them in that regard. Now we'll still there's still things on the defense though that are bad. I mean, you're looking at two pretty decent running backs to face. You know, in Melvin Gordon, Javonta Williams, and they got 18 yards and 20 yards rushing each. That's it. You know, like, again, we stifled that run game, made the other team one-dimensional. It sucks that the one dimension that we force teams to be is kind of bad for us, but right. we still do it. Well, and we talked about, like, their number one receiver is probably going to go off. He had five catches for 68 yards. Correct. Yeah, Now, and, you know, it was nice to see, uh, to be honest, when Teddy Bridgewater let go that one pass towards the end zone, the one that John Johnson yep. picked off. I was like, oh, there's a touchdown. And yeah, nobody's going to be around him. Yeah, we, yeah. Finally, <laughs> we finally made a play on the back end. And it's kind of been in the, you know, in some of the Browns news and radio and talking about John Johnson that he's better as a freelance safety than a coverage safety. Like he's better at just, 
like ball hawking and like just reading the QB's eyes and then just making that play on the ball. You kind of saw it on that play because he was just kind of back there as like a spy by himself and just read it and came out of nowhere to, you know, make that pick. It was like Bridgewater didn't even see him, but he probably didn't if he made that throw. Because it wasn't even close. I would hope he didn't see him. Yeah. But it <laughs> was probably just, just so nice. used to Browns DBs not being around receivers. <laughs> He's just like, oh, yeah, he'll be open. Yeah. He, he was predetermined in his head. They were scoring six on that play. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was nice to see. That's the kind of play, though, that we've expected Johnson to give us. Yeah. So. But, okay, so that's, that's basically what went right. I mean, Obviously, big win. We were so undermatched. I think you, and not enough can be said about the coaching performance for the week to have the team ready to go on a short week with all those injuries from Stefanski all the way to Stump Mitchell and Callahan. Um, so just a good team win at home. Um, obviously, still some things to button up. I think our red zone offense has been kind of trash this year. Um, I was trying to look up the numbers, but I couldn't find them. But it feels like we dominate time of possession, dominate yards, and then – only beat them by three. So that's something that needs to get worked on. But before we move into what went wrong for this game, I want to remind you guys to check out Symbol. Head to Symbol.com backslash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, to play the stock market for sports. You use promo code dogs, D-A-W-G-S, you get 10 free dollars on the account, plus your deposit is 100% refundable up to $100 for the first 90 days. So how it works, you deposit money on there, use the promo code, get your free $10, and then you buy stock in different sports teams. We're partial to the NFL, obviously, but they have NBA, baseball, um, I think college is even on there, everything's on there. Um, and then as that team's stock price goes up, you make money. Think of the Robinhood app for sports teams. I got to make a correction, and I apologize for not being on top of this. That promo that you just said, up to $100, mm-hmm. they just changed it for us. And Symbol's now letting our users uh, with our promo code up to 500 Oh. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was kind of an announcement that I totally let slip. Though. Guys, fi- so hear yeah. me out here. You get on promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S. You put in $500. If you lose it all an hour later, you just get it right back. It's, it's literally like you're you're not even spending money. It's like going to the grocery store, picking out your groceries, going to the cash register, handing them money, and then when you get to the door, they give you a check for what you just spent. Yep. It's, I mean, it's it's risk-free. $500, guys. You can buy a lot of stock in It teams. is pretty cool, and you get three months to play around with it, too. So if you can turn that 500 into go go wild, there's no risk. So the, try to turn it into whatever you can turn it into, and if you end up losing the money, you could lose $1 and end with four ninety nine. say, I didn't like it. And they'll give it back to you. Yeah. To put things in perspective, too, about like how you can make money on this, the top user on that website right now, I think, is sitting at $40,000 in stock. I would bet my life they didn't buy $40,000 in stock. <laughs> right. They, they turned it around. And so for you people who like the stock market and that kind of stuff, it's it's literally the exact same thing, only with sports teams, which is way better than stocks. So check that out. Also on there, they have pick three leagues you can join. We have our own league that you can join. If you win it, you get a free Browns jersey. To join that, you just hit the little teammate section in the lower left-hand corner, and then the upper right-hand corner, you hit join slash create league. Look for the Dogs Podcast League. Once you join, you'll pick three games against the spread every week. The person with the most points at the end of the year wins a free Browns jersey from Symbol. Any player uh, that you want. Um, so any size, any player, I'm imagining any style. Uh, so just pick your, your free Browns jersey. So a lot of cool things going on with symbol right now. Remember to use promo code dogs, D A W G S and play the stock market for sports. 
In the doghouse. Let me say something to you as a friend. You suck. Hey, so <laughs> I don't think too much sucked with the Browns this week. I think overall it was a pretty decent game. Uh, the biggest thing to me about what sucked is despite the defense only giving up 14 points, our third down and fourth down efficiency is still terrible. They were, if you count fourth down, 6 of 12, 50%. And it's almost every week. I could go back through the weeks and teams are 9 of 15, 10 of 16. I mean, they're just, we can't get off the field. And 5 of 11, I had a feeling in the first half, they were probably around 0 for 3, 0 for 4. So all five of their third all five of their third down conversions plus their four, uh, one fourth down conversion all in the second half. So we played well all game and then we slowly let them back into it because we just cannot get off the field and w- one of their touchdown drives was like 35 plays. Yeah. I mean that's an exaggeration <laughs> but yeah. we just it could was a lot. not get off the field. Yeah. I don't understand. It, Joe Woods seems lost to me. He blitzes when he shouldn't. He doesn't when he should. It's just I, I I can't put a finger on why we can't get off the field. And it it doesn't matter the down and distance. It no. could be third and three or third and eighteen. They're getting it. Yeah, yeah, and that that sucks as a fan watching the game to not have that extra little confidence you get when you're watching a game like you watch another team play you know and it's like oh they're third and 18 yeah this is going to be a little three yard play and then they're punting you know you get up and go to the bathroom come back after the break not with the browns not when we're on defense facing the third and 18 against the opponent because you're right they're probably going to get it i'll tell you what too and it almost seems like if there's a penalty called on the other team on first down and it's first and 20 most of the times you're thinking that's a drive killer not against Cleveland. Nope. They throw it for 10 yards on second down or first down. It turns into second and 10. Then they throw for eight. And next thing you know, it's third and two. Easy pickup. Yeah. It, it's so frustrating. I He's probably going to survive the year, but my God, if he's back next year. You got to, you got to, I just can't imagine what some of these other D coordinators would be thinking to have this type of talent on their roster because I, Come on, guys. It's got to be one of the oh, most talented defensive rosters in the league. And, and and we came into this game, that was the healthy side of the ball. Right. And I know right. Denzel Ward got hurt again. I don't. I haven't heard how bad Hospital Ward. <laughs> Hospital Ward. He, uh, it was, what, a Jeez. hamstring? And did he practice today? This is Monday. I can't um, I, recall. Yeah, I'm not sure he practiced. What's crazy to me, too, so the defense is terrible. We have all these injuries. Who's to blame? I know guys get hurt. Trainers. It's the NFL. The tra- who's, who's training another it's, guy? It's I mean, the strength and conditioning. And, and the problem is it's every year. How many hamstring injuries have the Browns had in the last three years? Oh, it's a lot. And it seems to always be, I mean, our skilled positions of, especially on the defensive side. It's always them. Yeah. Wasn't that what kept uh, DPJ out too? Yeah. And, De- and Delpit, when he was supposed to come back, was out, yeah. I think, because of a hamstring. And it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> I do think we, it's do we not have maybe, a stretching program? Do we, like what? <laughs> I think it might be more of what we're not doing. Maybe some of these guys, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going on in our practices, but maybe it's just they're not getting enough reps. Yeah, I don't. To me, that's a big thing that all these NFL people, like J.C. Treader, talking about how we don't need OTAs and this kind of stuff. Bro, look at the injuries. 
And it's yeah. because you guys are going from zero to a hundred. You got to yeah. warm up. You got to condition your body for that. You can't just go from sitting, sitting on, on your couch, couch yeah. to getting hit 80 times a game. It's, it, I yeah. mean, that is crazy. I will defend the Browns just a little bit in the fact that I feel like this is kind of a league wide issue. I, I feel like every week injury reports, it's hamstring, 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 hamstring. It's like, good Lord. But at some point, you got to do something to fix it or, or to try to. And it's hard to blame this it. guy for this guy getting hurt. I get that sounds kind of stupid, but right. It, there's teams that don't have this problem and maybe their guys just aren't as injury prone, but it just, it's the fact that it's always the same injury is yeah. just a little, and we were up at training camp. Maybe I'm just, you know, like an idiot or something, but <laughs> when they were warming up, nobody's actually doing anything. Like they're, they're stretching. They're just like walking. I'm like, Man, I know you guys are like world class athletes, but maybe like stretch a little bit before you're about to go run full speed. I don't know. I'm not down there. I you know maybe they're doing something crazy, but it just seems to me like we always got guys hurt. But yeah, and, you know Ward you're tired over there. Or what? To be honest, uh, <laughs> Denzel Ward. He's a guy that's. I mean, Browns fans may not like me for this, but his job's not secure in any way. I mean, if he's a guy that's just known for constantly getting hurt, which I know Justin came up with those stats at the beginning of the year where we were like, oh, it feels like he's always out, but he's really not. Well, sure yeah, so far this year. like he's always out. How many games does he miss this year? This, uh, well, I don't know if it technically counts as a missed game if he leaves in the first quarter. But he missed time. Yeah, but I feel like it's all the time with him that he's just he's missing. This is the first time he's been hurt this year, though, right? Is it? No, I think he's been hurt. He was hurt. Uh, it was. It, I don't know. He was played last week. He was. It was a couple weeks ago. Well, either way, what the thing with Denzel Ward though, so far this year, whether he's on the field or not, I feel like his play hasn't been. Oh, he's not elite. What not as, we were expecting it to be again. Like, are we putting him in a position to succeed? Right. Well, and it's kind of like that thing of what Blake had mentioned uh, before: is teams are throwing at him more now. Yes, you know he's being targeted more. He got he kind of had like that really good rookie campaign, and then like his next season where guys are like, "Oh man, Ward's pretty good. We're not going to attack him." Well, and well, yeah, and now why would like, you oh, when there's yeah, MJ Stewart on the other side of the field? Right. So now they're kind of going at him more. So I don't. I don't so I, maybe it says it says he's played in every game this year. That's what I'm telling you. I, I thought this was the first time he. It just feels like there's been at least two games this year where they said, "Oh yeah, Ward's not available today." But yeah, he's got stats in every game, so he's been out there. Just, but that's the thing. His play he just has, has an been MRI so yeah, probably after every game. He's not impacting the game in a way that makes you remember. Yeah, he's been out there. You know what I mean? It's has he been out there? Can't remember. But no, that that and then I think another thing we need to address what went wrong is the penalties. We are we are slowly trending towards yeah. the wrong area when it comes to penalties. We had nine penalties for sixty yards. I feel like we had a lot of penalties against the Cardinals too. Now, thankfully, sixty yards in the grand scheme of things isn't a huge penalty day because there are teams that'll go over that hundred mark. It's the fact that it's but nine. it's nine of them. It, it keeps it, happening. This game too, it's hard to blame the officials when a lot of the penalties were pre-snap penalties. Odell's one. Can we the the uh, illegal formation? Yeah, it was just. Uh. All right, let's just let's just do it real quick. There was a stretch of like 
was it like maybe four plays or you know a couple series where it was Odell or was two drops, an offensive penalty, and he fell down. And it was like I, I was just sitting at home watching the game like what is going on I, here? So he won straight. Are we counting the drop on the sideline as a drop? The one where he had to like completely stretch and dive and lay out for it? Because I saw a lot of people talking about him not catching it. And I'm like, that was, he literally had to completely go horizontal to try to catch this ball. Right. Well, I looked it up. He's only credited, I think, with two drops on the season. Yeah. Which puts him tied for 17th. And he obviously missed some time. So he'd probably be the league leader. But there were, the there have been, but yeah, there have been plays that good receivers make the catch in certain situations. It's like, one that you expect Odell Beckham Jr. to make. He's also playing with a bum shoulder. Right, but so is Baker. Yeah, so you can't yeah. defend Odell. <laughs> no, he's still he's still got to make plays. But this again, the same people who are like, we can't be hard on Baker because his shoulders hurt. Let's give him eighty million dollars. Are the same people who, when Odell drops one pass, who which is the okay. second one for the year, uh, officially say says to cut him. So okay, I'll look at the stats at of the Browns receiving core. Of the you know for the entire year, Odell has the second worst catch percentage on the team at forty eight point five percent. The only player worse is Anthony Schwartz with forty six point seven. Schwartz is bad, so he's on that level <laughs> of catch there. percentage. Um, currently, right now in the season, uh, you know you got guys like Kareem Hunt catches at eighty three percent of the time. Felton ninety one. Jarvis Landry seventy. You can't count Felton and Kareem; they're all screen passes. Jarvis Landry catches seventy eight point six percent of the time, and Joku eighty one percent of the time. Donovan Peoples Jones eighty six point seven percent of the time. Austin Hooper sixty four. So it's pretty low. I will say that watching the game, I was like, okay, it's very clear to me we have a we have a one. And it's Jarvis. It's not Odell because I'm watching Odell struggle, you know, not whatever, drop passes, not catch completions, however you want to word it. And then I see Jarvis triple catch of balls. He's fallen to the ground because he his, he didn't take his eyes off that ball. Yeah, but the replay the, of that was In the insane. same game you're talking about, Odell had a one-handed catch like in the third quarter. He, he makes a spectacular. Sure. spectacular. I, I'm just saying we're we're crapping on the guy who I am crapping. Recency did, bias. Last week was the highest graded offensive player on our team. I don't know how those great. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, and you're you, going to see it in the YouTube comments of this video. Oh, I don't care what PFF says about a grade. Odell Beckham looked like dog poop on the field again, and I think he's done. He didn't look bad against the Cardinals. We the whole team looked bad against the Cardinals. He was one of the only players to make plays. I was surprised. Surprisingly, he's the highest targeted guy on the Browns. He's 16 catches out of 33 targets for 226. Because he's supposed to be this elite level wide receiver. He needs to catch the ball at a better clip than 48 percent. Do you not agree with that? I agree, but if he also only has two drops, then that's not entirely his fault. Right, but I I just don't feel I don't know. One, I don't think he looks happy in Cleveland. I don't think, well, here, I don't know. I, I <laughs> think our quarterback is not very good at getting him the ball. I think that I, he has sucked with two different quarterbacks now this year. For one game? Yep. And it's a backup. Yeah. I think that be like Jarvis D, looked okay, be like he? Saying, he had 37 yards. But he caught his passes. He had 37 yards. We're talking about like Jarvis. Dude, you're DK not, Metcalf only had like 20 yards last week with Geno Smith. I won, I, all right, if you're watching this video, 
please comment at this point in the video. OBJ, still good or done? You've thought I, he was done for like three years. I yeah. think I, he's yeah, done I don't in think Cleveland. I've been wrong. I do think he's done in Cleveland, and I don't think that he'll be upset to leave Cleveland. I think the single biggest problem why we can't get him involved is who plays quarterback for us. No. 100%. I don't, I don't think it when is. When our leading receiver on the team is a tight end who doesn't even play that much, who's that on? So why, why can't DPJ get the ball? Why can't Higgins get the ball? Why can't Jarvis get the ball? What are you talking about? They get the ball. How do they DPJ, get the ball? Go, DPJ has don't, more. Don't look at this year. Look at DPJ last year. DPJ has more yards. I'm looking at a career. Look at OB or look at last year when at OBJ career. was out. Baker, it, it was, we did not have a number one receiver. He was spreading the ball very well to all the different pass catching options. And then how did that work in the game that mattered? Scored like 17 Okay, points. so we lost a game that we should have won, but our defense... Dude, I'm not getting this argument. Odell sucks. If you don't agree with me, tell <laughs> I me. Know. I don't you care. Brought I think, up, I you brought up DPJ. To- DPJ has two more yards receiving on 18 less targets, and he only has three less catches. Yes, he also caught a 57-yard Hail Mary. Odell has a 26-yard catch. Yeah. I'm just saying, there's no receiver on the Browns team that is playing well. Including Odell. Correct. He's got to play better. But what's the common denominator for all of the receivers? The play calling. Yes. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to tell you right yeah. now, though. We, yes. This has been multiple years now, multiple coaches, multiple offensive systems. His Odell first year in Cleveland, he had over 1,000 yards. Yeah. I think, so? I just think that Odell himself, I, I, it's like the drops and like the little miscues are the things that you're just like, when you're just going through the motions. I just I don't see him as a guy that just totally wants to buy in. And it might be that he doesn't like the quarterback play. That and he just might be like being buddies with Jarvis just isn't enough. You know? That this guy can't throw me the ball when I'm wide open. No and it could be now like I Either said Either way, I don't want him in Cleveland anymore. <clears throat> Odell sorry. Odell was open on that one play if a quarterback gets in the ball. Now there's only probably five or six QBs that make that throw on that play. He, I've watched Keenum, a lot of videos, and I've them. watched Dan Orlovsky talk about it. Baker just will not throw him the ball. He won't throw him the ball. Maybe he's then, he's, a, then I, at the same time that's your quarterback, and if that receiver then, not, get, then the quarterback can get gone. Okay, I do not want a quarterback on my team that won't throw to a wide open receiver. I don't want that quarterback. That's fine. I will take Baker over Odell for the record. I don't want a quarterback that won't throw to a wide open receiver because he's afraid to throw interceptions. That is so soft. He's afraid to throw picks. Dude, he's not afraid to throw to the other receivers. So I don't know what it is. It's Our not leading receiver is David and Joe. It's not working without even doesn't even have 300 yards. So we can't say he's throwing to all these other receivers. Our leading receiver has less than 300 yards on the season. I don't think you're going to win this one in the comments here. It'll be interesting. It will be. I think there's a lot of people that are finally starting to kind of see what I'm saying about Baker. I think there's a lot of people that, I think it's both ways. I think people are seeing what you're saying about Baker, but I think there's a lot of people that are saying, see what you can get for OBJ. No, and here's the thing. I'm not in love with the player necessarily. I'm in love with the fact you have to have that uh, talent on your team. So if we got rid of Baker or OBJ and we brought in somebody else good, that's fine. But I'm saying... We should be able to get him the ball. It's not because he's not open. He's open. Well, whatever. I don't. The thing is, I don't even care what the reason is. It ain't working. 
then but you're pointing the finger at the wrong person okay then point it at whoever you want to point it at something's got to change if you want to get rid of baker get rid of baker see what happens i don't care i'm tired of watching obj do nothing on the field whether it's his fault not his fault i think it's his fault you can say that about all of our receivers okay all our highest receiver on the team hang on before we move on this isn't where i wanted to go but our highest receiver on the team is David Njoku at 284 yards. 150 of those were in one game. Our next leading receiver has 228. DPJ. At DPJ. So our third leading receiver for it's the Odell. team is Odell. Okay. And it's by two yards. So he is almost the second leading receiver, and he didn't even play in the first game. So you're saying, telling me he's doing nothing, but he's doing more than everybody on our team except for two guys. Correct. So <laughs> I, think it's, I think you're uh, pointing the finger at the wrong person by a lot. We'll see. We'll see what everybody thinks. Andy averages 14.1 yards per catch. When he catches it. And you have, he averages, he averages the most yards per game on any, of anybody on our team. Yeah, I okay. think that I think that what Browns fans just have to come to a realization. I think that our team's just not built around throwing the football. Now that somewhat has to do with having Baker probably as your quarterback that you're not going to throw for three hundred over three hundred yards a game. But you also have two running backs that you would just want to pound the ball with, and you're happy winning and throwing fifteen to twenty for a buck ninety and one score. Because you ran for 200 and had three other scores. I get that, too. But at the same time, I think it was two years ago, the Ravens were the number one rushing team in the league, and Lamar led the league in touchdown passes. Well, Lamar's a different animal. So I'm just saying. And, but I think everybody in Cleveland signed Lamar And again, today. I didn't want to get into this, but we're like a really terrifying move by the Steelers away from having the worst quarterback in the division. Well, Burroughs definitely looks good. Uh, Lamar, Lamar, I, I got to hand it. I mean, Lamar still some of the passes the other day. I was like, he definitely but he's misses definitely, some. Could you imagine if he didn't miss the passes that he right. misses? Yeah, there were some this, that were. Like the stats he would put up. Mm-hmm. Like I know they got shell-shocked by the Cincinnati Bengals this week, but like if he made some of the passes that he doesn't make, he'd be on guard. I mean, he'd be unstoppable mm-hmm. on offense. No. And he literally... Like Bateman's back now, and Marquise Brown is kind of taking his own, but that and he's got Mark Andrews, so he's starting now to get weapons. Like having to throw to Willie Sneed and guys like that, I understand why he probably he still put up huge numbers. I don't know. I think Lamar's gotten better. Oh, I agree. I wish we had. I, think- I, I I'd take Lamar in a heartbeat. <laughs> if that trade's on the table, <laughs> I'd sign that guy to forty-five mil a year, and be, I don't know what the Ravens are doing, just yes. waiting. So that that's my that's my argument here. My argument is. Yes, I want Odell to make all those catches and play better. And he has some of the blame, but it's not all the blame. Our leading receiver is a tight end. Our fourth leading receiver is a running back. Our fifth leading receiver is another tight end. There isn't another receiver until Rashard Higgins, who has 141 yards receiving. So to say he's doing nothing, he's literally doing more than almost everybody on our whole team. Okay, that's fine, but you are not going to convince me as a Browns fan that Odell is good. I don't think that he is. So we have I don't no, think he's the talent that he used to be. I don't all. think he's worth the money we're paying him. That's anymore. that, and that's an office front office type of thing. For and that's the thing. If we're going to be a run heavy team and we're not going to feature any downfield passing, 
Then what are we paying this guy $15 million a year for? Well, we need to feature some downfield passing. There's a reason our red zone efficiency is terrible this year and why we have the ball 40 minutes out of 60 minutes every game and scored 17 points. Yeah. And, and to people who are saying it's Stefanski, I went and I went back and looked at his last year when he called plays for the Vikings. Diggs was over a thousand. Dalvin Cook was over a thousand. Adam Thielen only had like five hundred, but he missed a bunch. He missed six games. So it's not Stefanski. I well, think he's calling plays with one hand behind his back. Oh, well, I think. I mean, you can easily say that. I mean, that receiving core, especially year a couple of years back when Thielen was younger, and you know he was tearing up. He was a big play you know, thread out there and Kirk Cousins, I don't think anyone's going to argue that, you know, Baker's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, which is Kirk my point. Cousins, Kirk Cousins. I like Kirk Cousins a lot. Which is I've my liked point. Kirk Cousins for a long time. You put Kirk Cousins on this team. Kirk Cousins is grossly underrated. Grossly underrated. At one point in time, he was the highest paid quarterback in the league. So that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that, that, that's my point. If we're sitting here saying that. Oh, if, there's a, there's blame to go around. I think that you see a little bit of the Odell's like, I don't know if he's fully invested as much as what everybody would like him to be. I think it's one of those things that it's like, I don't know. Cause you see him on the side. He cares. The, he's on the sideline. He cares. He gets upset. I think a lot and like, where he's just like, Oh, and then like even some of the drops, it's like, how did I just drop that? And if he and didn't care, like, oh, are you mentally invested a hundred percent? I think if he didn't care, he wouldn't have played this week. He easily could have been like, no, my shoulder hurts. It's true. I don't know. We'll see. I'm interested to see, you know, what side people are on. Because I'm kind of down the middle. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not a huge Odell fan all the time, but I don't think he's the only one to be blamed. No. I'm kind and of in the middle. I don't think he – I don't think – I'm not saying he's the only one to be blamed. I'm just saying – You're just I down don't, with him. You're, I don't think he's good anymore. I really just don't think he's good anymore. But we'll see. We'll see what everybody thinks. Okay. <laughs> This is a long episode, guys. Yeah, I mean, it, we, it we're went supposed long. To keep these things short. <laughs> All right. Well, that kind of got off track, but we'll go ahead and get out of here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Maybe. So we didn't really talk. We, this kind of went from what went right, what went wrong to just debates. But hopefully, yeah. you guys still enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for checking out another episode of the Dog. The Browns have a big one coming up against the Steelers. Uh, hopefully, we take them behind the woodshed. It's going to be a tough one. To all you Dog Pack members, we'll see you on the After Hours show. To everyone else, we'll see you on episode two this week when we preview our matchup with the Steelers. And don't forget, Friday night, YouTube, about 6, 6.30, we'll have Barry Shuck live in the studio. one and only. Uh, to, do, to tell us what we need to do to beat the Steelers and answer all your guys' questions. So make sure you guys join us then, uh, Friday night, 6.30. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast and become an official Dog Pack member and join the dogs.com.